you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians. Uh, let us stand and look at verse number 20 in chapter number 3. Verse 20 says, Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. I'm, I'm so glad that when I'm not able, I know he's able, because he's able to do all things. Verse 21, it says, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages, world without end, Amen. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for each heart that's here, Lord. Help us to be what we need to be, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you open our hearts and minds to receive the word. And let it be a blessing unto us, Lord, and let us go out to be a blessing. And Father, we thank you and praise you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The world's not giving him glory this morning. Hollywood's not giving him glory. We know that our government is not giving him the glory. But notice where Paul said that where he should get the glory at. Paul said he unto the glory in the church. It's in the church. It should not be as strange for him to get the glory in his church this morning. As we, the church, or the called out assembly, uh, we're called to live for his glory. Not only are we not called to live for his glory, we're called to look for his glory. Moses said, show me thy glory. You and I as God's people should be constantly trying to live in God's glory this morning. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have lost your keys and you tore your house up trying to find them? How many of you have lost your phones and you like to went crazy before you found them? Can't live without a phone, amen. We, we see in the society today that we just can't live without that attachment called the phone. I see people walking around with it on their ear all the time. I see them driving with it on their ear and everything. We, if we just said, all right, all cell phones in this country has been turned off, eh, we'd be flooded with tears in this country. Because <laughs> we lost something that we've gotten so used to. Can I say this morning with deep sadness, I think the church has lost the glory of God. I, I think there are people that have lost the glory of God. I say it's possible for the church of Jesus Christ to lose the glory of God today. Lose the glory of God in the assembly where we come. It's possible those uh, that has been redeemed, uh, those that have been saved those that have been born again to lose the wonder of it all in the glory of God this morning. To get to a place where the things of God no longer hold a glorious attraction for you and I. To where our eyesight is set on the things of this world, our hobbies, our sports, entertainment, our enjoyment, 
become more splendid in the things of God and the glory of God in our life this morning. For those that's re- for the one that's redeemed us, the one that deserves our praise and our honor and glory this morning, we have turned our back on him. You see, it's not possible for a church to lose the glory of God. I beg to differ with you. If you like to read over in Revelations, uh, you read about a church called Laodicean. And Jesus said about this church, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That tells me that he's on the outside of the church knocking, trying to get on the inside of the church. God help us if we sit here this morning and we don't feel the presence of God, we don't have the glory of God, and God is standing outside knocking and we refuse to open the door. The Bible said that John saw him in all his glory. It's that kind of glory that's standing on the outside, knocking and trying to get on the inside. Amen. You can lose the glory of God. I'd like to say for this church, God forbid it, that we show up at 11 o'clock sharp and leave 12 o'clock dull. Leave as we came, same way we came. Amen. I'm not, hey, it sounds funny, but that's the way churches are now. There's no excitement. They just come to do the church thing. I come to find something. I come seeking something. I came through the door this morning wanting the glory and the presence of God to fall down on me. Amen. But we find churches don't do that. The glory of God no longer moves us. It no longer manifests its presence in the congregation anymore. You say, I just don't believe a church, a congregation can lose the presence of God. Well, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 4. First Samuel chapter 4. We're looking at a congregation that loses his glory. Every one of us should get a hold of this. We should put it in our hearts and our minds. If you desire for God to continue to work in the church, in your life, and in your children's life, we should desire the glory of God to never depart from this place this morning. The only hope that you and your children and I have this morning is for the glory of God to be staying, remain in the presence of this church. And that people can see the glory of God on a regular basis. Amen. Manifested in the church. The living God. Do you realize there are churches all over this country? They come to church, they have a Bible but it is dead as a graveyard inside. There's no manifestation of the glory of God this morning. People are sitting in pews and slipping off and going into hell 
because they're holding on to religion. People come and leave the like they came. I'm interested in the fellowship with God. I'm interested in seeing sinners saved and God's people changed by His power. Look at chapter 4, verse number 15. And we know the story here. The Philistines came up against Israel and defeated Israel and they captured the ark of God. The Ark of Covenant of God. They captured it. And it said 15, Eli was 98 years old and his eyes were dim and he could not see. And the man said unto him, Eli, I come, I am he that come out of the army and I fled today out of the army. And he said, where is thou, what is, what is there done, my son? And the messenger said and answered to him, Israel is fled before the Philistines. And there have been also a great slaughter among the people, and thy two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. The ark of God is taken. The glory, the presence is taken. And it came to pass when he made mention of the ark of God that he fell off the seat backwards by the inside of the gate, and his neck broke, and he died. For he was an old man, and he's, he was heavy. He had judged Israel for 40 years. And his daughter-in-law, Phineas' wife, was with child, near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings of the ark of God was taken, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and travailed, for the pains come upon her. And about the time of her death, the woman that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast borne a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel, because the ark of God was taken, and because her father-in-law and her husband was dead. And she said, The glory is departed from Israel, from the ark of God's taken. This woman is in pain of childbirth, but she also hears that her husband and her father-in-law were dead. And she's about to leave out of this world. And on top of all that, if she's heard that her father-in-law and her husband, on top of all that she heard, she heard that the ark of God has been taken. The Bible, she said, the Bible said, she said, the glory is departed from Israel. She said it's sad for the fact that her nation has lost the glory of God. The, ma- the nation had been going downhill for a long time. Now it has hit rock bottom. I would say that our nation say, could say amen to that right now. We've been going downhill for an awful long time. Uh, and we're about ready to hit rock bottom. The glory of God has departed out of our country. And now it's departing out of our churches. used to be one nation under God. In God we trust. We have lost the glory this morning. Who would ever thought that we would live in a time where the government would say that a young child can make his mind up whether it be a child of a girl or a boy. Make a decision to switch your sex without even telling mom and daddy about it. 
And all the courts and government says they want to protect them. They have no say so in the matter today. Who would ever dream that we would live in a day like this? The glory has departed from our country. This woman was worried about the glory departing from her country. But I want you to understand something this morning. The glory left the church long before it ever left the country. If you want to know why the glory had left the country, you have to look back to where the churches. The reason America has lost the glory is not because of the government. It's not because of Biden. It's not because of any of them. It's because of the church this morning. We love to point our fingers at everybody else. People claim to be born again. Go to church. Got to the place where they don't want to offend anyone. Got to a place where we want bigger buildings, bigger offerings, bigger congregations. We've stopped preaching. We stopped telling the truth. We've glued ourselves to the church pews and ceased to let our voice cry out in this dying world. It can only be here inside the four walls, but when we leave, our voice becomes silent. And we let our nations get to the corrupt by the wickedness of the people today. We can sit here and blame everybody if we want to. We could point fingers at everybody we want to, but I'm telling you, the church has lost its glory long before the country ever lost its glory. You ask, what, what, what caused them to lose the glory? Go back to chapter number two. Chapter number two, verse number 12. First thing that caused the church to lose its glory, the congregation got loose. I'll let that seek in for a minute. The congregation got loose. In verse 12, now the sons of Eli, which is Hophni and Phinehas, were the sons of Bilal. They knew not the Lord. They made a mockery of the things in God's temple. Verse 22, now Eli was very old, and he heard all that his sons did unto Israel. And how they laid with women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. There was no restraint. Do what you like to do. If it feels good, just do it. If it makes you happy, take part in it. Look at this. God pronounced judgment in chapter 2 on Eli. In chapter 3, God tells Samuel that judgment is coming. And this is before the glory departs. In chapter 4, God said, this crowd has gotten to so loose. This crowd has gotten so wicked. My glory is not showing up down there no more. You, you would ask, what would cause this place to lose the glory of God? 
Well, the first thing that happened in the text is it was the people's fault. It was the preacher's fault. The preacher got to the place where he wouldn't preach against nothing. He would not call sin out. He would not preach against sin because he was involved in sin himself. I'm telling you, when a church starts getting loose is when the preaching starts getting loose. When preacher no longer nails sin to the wall, when a preacher won't point out or say that sin is wrong, and we're heading that way. You can mark it down. The pews will never rise any higher than the preaching in the pulpit. And the pews are heading the same way as the preaching is heading. We're living in a day, the reason why the glory is gone, because there are so many preachers in the pulpits that got the morals of a low belly snake. They don't live what they preach. They don't live what they believe. Preachers are, are, are giving other preachers bad names. They run off with women in the congregation. They're having an affairs. They're stealing money from the church. They have a wandering eye, a bad testimony. They don't live for God. They live like a bunch of animals. So no wonder people don't want anything to do with God. And there's a lot of it's because of sorry preachers we have in pulpits today. This ain't a job. God has called preachers to be shepherds of God's people. We're called to live a holy life, to be blameless, and to be without reproach. The ministry would be better if the ones that have no morals just drop their Bibles and walk away. Amen. And I'm talking about the ones that are standing in the pulpits. It got to the place where these boys could lay with women in the tabernacle and still serve the church. A preacher looks at a church that he's having a problem and he found out it was the piano player having an affair with someone else. And, and, and there's some women in the, congregate, in the uh, choir that was having affairs with others and he goes to the board and said, hey, we've got a problem. These people's doing this stuff like that. They say, well, we just don't want to offend anybody. We just don't want to run anybody off. So we just turned a blind eye to it. That's the problem in this world today. Churches are turning a blind eye to every sin that walks in. We've got a problem. I, I'd rather run them off than run the Holy Ghost off. Amen. They, they kick the glory out. If you think we're going to let people stand on this platform to live a life that contradicts the Word of God, don't preach the Word of God and sing, don't sing the Word of God and live the Word of God says live, you're wrong. God has standards. It's just like this. 
when we started that bus ministry, everyone that worked with the kids, I went and checked them out. I went down the courthouse. I need to know. I need to know. You're going to work with kids. I'm going to work with you. Amen. And, and it's the same thing. You want to come in here and do something in church? You better get right with God. You better give your heart to God and start living from God. If you can't, you can just come and sit and go. But I'm just telling you, you, you run the glory of God out of this church. We might as well shut it down and close. I don't want to go to a social club. I don't want to be a part of a social club. You put Ichabod on the door frame. For the glory has departed. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to run the Holy Ghost off. That's happening in churches today. Second Corinthians says, For I fear lest that when I come, I shall not find you as I would, and that I shall be found unto you as such as you would not. Lest there be debaters, envying, wrath, strife, backsbiting, whispering, swelling, turmoils. It's in church today. It's what's going on in church today. Unless I come again, my God will humble me among you, and that I shall be well many and have sinned already. And have I not repented of the uncleanness and fornication of that lasciviousness which they have committed? It's in church today. God help every one of us church this morning and say, God, I want my heart to be right with you. I don't want to do the things of the world, but I want to do the things of church. We can walk in and sing in the glory of God in the name of the church. And walk out singing the devil's music. We go out and listen to the devil's music. We go and see the devil's uh, pictures. And uh, we watch the devil's shows. God help us. To keep the glory. Why, why would you preach like this on Sunday morning? I've been told I preach too much against sin. Mm. <laughs> I found that's the one thing that sends you to hell. Sin. So why would you preach like this on a Sunday morning? People don't want to hear that. Just wait till Sunday night when ain't nobody here. Wednesday night when you ain't got a crowd. Just preach that kind of message. Well, I'm telling you, you've had for the last month, you've had cupcakes and ice creams. Amen. We talked about his glory with will. We talked about his power. We talked about his blood. Oh, we got we had some shouting times. We had some good times. We talked about, but every now and then, uh, uh, there's something like this has got to be said. You can't lose the glory of God, and it's because of the preacher preaching the wrong things. So, I'm going to preach against sin. I'm going to stay against sin. I'm going to live against sin. We, we see that what happens when we lose the glory of God is because the congregation gets loose. And we know it gets loose because the preacher is not preaching what he needs to preach. Now, I'm going to preach the way I preach. You don't like it? Well, fire me. I came looking, I can go looking. 
Amen. I'm just saying that. Amen. The congregation got loose. But another reason why the glory of God departed out of the church is because congregation would not receive the correction. They went, correction wasn't listened to. In verse 24, Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. And Eli's telling his sons, Look, I hear all the junk that y'all doing. Ye made the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. These boys heard what their father said. They've heard what he's been preaching about for 40 years. And all they would do was sit in a church. Mm, listen to this. <laughs> Hophius and Phineas is, is it's a congregation of the churches today. Preacher, get up and preach what thus saith the Lord. This is what's supposed to do. This is how you walk. This is how you act. But they sit in the church, in the congregation, and turned a deaf ear to what the preacher was saying. And they got up and walked out and said, Well, I'll just do what I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it, where I want to do it. These boys was in service of the church. Who would ever thought there were these women? I got to thinking about that. These women they were laying with. Who were, who were they? They coming to get a hookup at the church? I'm just saying. Now listen here, women. Y'all got a husband. You need, you, you need to keep your eyes on your own husband. Husband, you got a wife. You need to keep your eyes on your own wife. Ain't no hooking up around here. Amen. I'm just saying that. We're trying to keep homes uh, clean around here. <laughs> trying to keep lives clean around here. If you want to run the glory of God out, just start living loosely this morning. The preacher was preaching on this. These boys didn't listen to him. He said, how do you know a congregation is listening? <laughs> Because it makes a difference in the way they're living. You say, what should there be the correct response to a message like when you're preaching against sin? Come to the altar. You may be saved. You may be born again. But you need to come to the altar every now and then and say, God, search me. And see if there be anything. Anything. See, a lot of times we hide stuff that nobody else can see. But you can't hide it from God. See, when you go home and shut your door, I can't see a thing what you're doing. And let me let you in on a little secret. I don't want to see what you're doing either, okay? But if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, there is an eye that's watching. There is an eye that looks. And there is an eye that sees. And what's done in secret... He's going to bring it out. He'll bring it out. Well, nobody knows that I got a fifth of gin in my cupboard. My wife does. 
She ain't going to tell. <laughs> Nobody knows I got that cold beer in my refrigerator. My husband does, but he ain't going to tell. God already knows. God, you know, I, when I, I started smoking at a young age, my grandmother worked for American Tobacco. She'd come bring home Palmetto nine filters wrapped in the toilet papers. She'd leave them laying all around. Everybody'd be gone. I'd be sitting there like, let me try that. Everybody's doing it, so why don't I do it? Pulled out one of them things. In about three minutes, I was. I got a buzz. <laughs> I was only like six or seven years old. <laughs> but I kept doing it. Kept doing it. And I, <laughs> I never got caught because I was around smokers. Smokers can't smell smokers. Can't do it. When I got caught is when I started getting around people that didn't smoke it. <laughs> You stink, buddy. <laughs> what do you mean you stink? I took a bath. No, you got some smell on you. It's bad. Just like an alcoholic. You can't smell it. But you get around somebody that ain't an alcoholic, they go, whew. Now, I can't smell alcohol. You can come in drunk. The only way I know you're drunk is you fall over everything. <laughs> That's the only way I know. But you smoke you some dope and walk in here, I'll call you out. Because I, I, my nose is tweaked to that. <laughs> You, 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 know, you don't want to get caught, but God says there's a way that's going to be brought out. Your loose living's going to be brought out. If you want to get right, if you want to keep the glory of God in the church and in your home and in your children's life, get to the altar and say, Lord, search me. Find anything in my life that needs to be come out and get it out of me. Let me just say this. You come to this church and you're a member of this church, you're bold enough to sin, I'm bold enough to call it out. Just, just bold enough. I'll preach against it and I'll point it out. The Bible says be sure your sins will find you out. Amen. If you want to see the church grow the way God wants it to grow, now listen, I, I, I know we're not going to have a large number of people. I know that. This church is not set for that. We're not that type of church. But God can if he wants to. But I'm talking about just having the numbers. I'm talking about spiritually well-fed people. And when you got spiritually fed people and they're living the God and the glory of God, that's when God grows us. So that we don't become a loose church, so that we don't become a loose family. We have correction in our lives. And we have to apply it to our lives. See, Eli told him, y'all can't be doing this, boys. But no, they ignored the father. You cannot put a price tag on someone coming to the altar and getting born again. 
We, we can't put a price tag on seeing those children uh, getting those off the bus with a smile on their face. Because they're at church. That, that's what the glory of God does when it's in this place here. We've got flaws, we've got faults. Don't get me wrong on that. But at the end of the day, we have made our minds up that we're going to live in the glory of God this morning. Congregation got loose. Correction was not listened to. But they didn't continue to put the Lord first. Verse 29. The Bible says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all his righteousness, and all these things should be added unto you. Verse 29 says, Wherefore kick ye off my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me. It's God telling him to make yourself fat with the chiefest of all the offerings in Israel, my people. With them, it wasn't about the ministry. It, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about helping people. It was all about being fat. Verse 30, wherefore the Lord God of Israel said... I said indeed that my house and my house and my father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord said, be it far from me, but them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall lightly be lightly esteemed. He, he, he told Eli, Eli, you have put your boys above me. Everything and everyone was in front of God. Is that not where we're at today? Eli honored his kids above God. That is why my glory departed. You put your kids above me. You put your entertainment above me. You put your sports above me. And my presence is not in the church. Their family says it's all about the kids, whatever the kids want to do, wherever they want to go, whatever they say. It's their, it's their presence and not God's presence in my life. I heard once somebody said years ago, and I truly believe it today, the quickest way to get a fight in the church is talk about children's sports and talk about being against it. Because... It used to be J.C.'s, when I was young, J.C.'s didn't play any sports on Sunday. That was a no-no. Nay, nay. Mm -mm. Didn't do it. Look at them now. They're drawing kids out of church. They're drawing parents out of church. They're drawing grandparents out of church. Why? Because they're playing a game. I, you you, you want to see your child play. You want to see your child do these things. And, and you want to see them, but the, the devil knows, hey, if they're putting their children first, uh, if they, they say, hey, whatever my child wants to do, uh, I, I'll honor that. I'll go there. But you're not putting God first in your life. You're suffering the presence of God for the things of this world. And we have failed to teach them there are some things more important in this world. There's nothing more important than God. 
They didn't put God first. Eli didn't put God first. Their sacrifices, their money, their fun, their children, everything was in front of God. And what happened was the glory left and departed. We're living in a day where it seems church, like churches are going in that direction. Is there any hope for Eli? He's going crazy. But he sees this one little boy down there named Samuel still looking and still hoping. Chapter 7, verse 1. And the men of Kirjaram came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought into the house of Benadad in the hills and sanctified Eliezer, his son, to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass while the ark abode in Kirjaram that the time was long, for it was 20 years, and all the house of Israel lamented over after the Lord. What is it going to take to see the glory of God? They landed for after the Lord. That means they ran after, they mourned after. They finally got to a place where they said, God, we're tired of living without your glory. God, we're tired of going to meetings without your glory showing up. We're tired of going to uh, the house of God and not seeing the glory of God manifested in the house of God. God, we will cry over it. We hunger after it. We will chase after it. God, help us see your glory. It was 20 years. There were childs that had only heard about the glory of God is raised up and told about the stories of how God's glory manifested in Israel. Can I say there are many churches today that's living in the past. I, I know the glory of God was in churches in the past. But I don't want to see Him today. I want to see Him tomorrow. Forever. I, I want these young children around here to see the glory of God sit down in the house of God. I, I don't want them to say, well, uh, uh, my dad and my mom used to tell me how God filled the house. I, I want them down the road to say, hey, hey, God showed up down there. He got on people down there. He's doing it today, and I know he's going to do it tomorrow. I want them to see what the glory of God can do. I want your grandchildren to see what the glory of God can do if God tarries. What God did in that day, God can do in this day. Generation after generation, the glory of God lives here. Verse 3 says, And if you return unto the Lord with all your heart, if you're sitting here and you're not where you should be with God, and the Bible just said, if you turn to the Lord with all your heart, if you repent of all that you've done, 
God did some things. When they repented, when they returned the Lord with all the heart, God gave them restoration. God gives them deliverance. God gives them victory. In verse 14, that which was taken, God gave back. The question is this morning, are you satisfied in a church without the glory of God? I'm not. I, I don't want to live without the glory of God and presence in my life, and I don't want to live without the glory of God and the presence of my church. I'm not satisfied with that. We all need a lot of help. But God, I want to see your glory. On the outside and on the inside. I don't want him to be outside. I'm trying to get in. I want him in already. The presence of the Lord. Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied? I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. Let's stand.